Welcome back to the Omalvany Podcast. I'm Jiho Lee, and I'm a partner in Omalvany's New York office, as well as the new firm-wide hiring partner. It took over from Alan Burton right before the pandemic. I know, it was great timing. And I'm very much looking forward to sharing a little bit more about Omalvany with you all today. During today's podcast, we'd like to talk to you about the steps the firm has taken in response to the stay-at-home orders as we mobilize cross-functional teams to reduce risks and protect our employees while at the same time addressing our clients' needs and keeping the firm fully operational. And by protect our employees at Omalvany, that also means safeguarding their mental health and well-being and being there for one another as the world and the country continues to navigate a very trying year. Today, we'll focus mainly on decisions we made in relation to our most important assets, our people and our culture. I wanted to bring in two friends that can talk about their role and experience in the decisions we made in response to the pandemic and the stay-at-home orders. Our speakers are Don Sestito, the office head of our downtown LA office and a partner in general litigation, and Raquel Martin, an associate in the labor and employment practice group in our San Francisco office. Hi, guys, and welcome. Don, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience? Sure, Jiho, and it's nice to chat with you today. My name is Don Sestito. I, as Jiho said, I'm a partner in our downtown Los Angeles office. I've been with the firm for my entire legal career. I was a summer associate back in 1998, a very long time ago, and I started at the firm in 2001 after a clerkship and um, have been practicing litigation since then in all areas. And like Jiho, I became office head in our downtown office uh, right before the country essentially shut down in March. So uh, it was very interesting timing. And how about you, Raquel? Hi, Jiho. Thanks for having me today. Um, As Jiho said, my name is Raquel Martin, and I'm a mid-level associate in the labor and employment group in San Francisco. I actually have been at the firm, I think this is my 14th month, so just a little bit over a year. I started last fall after moving from Tennessee. And the crazy thing about my experience at O'Melveny is I was only at the firm for about three months before I took bar leave took the California bar, came back. And as soon as I came back, the shelter in place orders were instituted in California. So I have had a unique experience in getting to know O'Melveny and learning the ins and outs of the firm from home, doing it all virtually and trying to build relationships that way. So it's been a very interesting ride the last nine months. Oh, well, we definitely have to hear your stories, Raquel. I mean, I think the the theme here is from each of our personal experiences, um, 2020, of course, has been um, an interesting year, but vis-a-vis our relationships with the firm and how we've experienced the firm, I feel like you guys are going to have some great stories to share. So I'm really looking forward to this. All right. So to just kick it off, as a baseline, you know, I'm actually really curious on your views on this, Don, especially given your role as managing partner of the LA office. I mean, as you know, O'Malvany is a, a global firm with well over a thousand employees, you know, across the globe in 12 offices. You know, we've retained best culture and best law firm to work for accolades for several years in a row now. So Don, what are your thoughts on how, you know, we're maintaining this special culture and sense of continuity now that we're unable to see each other in person while we're working from home? 
For me, the process has been one, it, it helps me to kind of step back in time a little bit and try to remember what things were like in March when I stepped into this office head role. When I stepped in, it was a week before the stay-at-home orders all issued, and it was not clear, at least to me at that point, that we would all be working from home for the rest of the year. So um, when that happened, um, it was kind of a big, the, the firm had already been in preparations, but the kind of immediate, I would say, response in March from my perspective as office head in LA was, um, one, get people transitioned home. And we had a lot of people who did not normally work from home. So we had a lot of staff that didn't have, you know, laptops or computer setups at home. And we had a lot of attorneys who, while working from home sometimes, were not used to working from home full time. So there was a big process of making sure that people were set up and that they had what they need to get their work done. And then to me, paired with that was emotionally, how were people doing? And, you know, making sure people had what they needed for work, but also what they needed emotionally to um, to feel safe and comfortable both with the firm, but but in their lives. And if, you know, people remember at the time there were, you know, it, it was sometimes alarming to go to the grocery store where there were shortages. And so I was, you know, regularly checking in with people just to, to check in and make sure that they had access to the, the kinds of supplies and stuff that they needed. So there was kind of an initial period, I would say, where that was the primary focus was just like, are people doing okay? And are we getting them home where they can work safely? And I think my view naively was that we'd be back soon, but it it, it became clear, you know, relatively quickly that this stay at home was going to last a little bit longer. So then I think the question in my mind really turned to how do you, how are we going to keep our culture while we're all working apart? And I think we've done a lot of things. I'll be very interested, Raquel, to hear from you as far as how these things have played out from your perspective. But we've tried hard to have a lot of, um, you know, Zoom. We use Zoom a lot for meetings so that we can actually see each other and interact in a more personal way than just with email. We've done a lot of office activities. Um, So in LA, for example, we instituted um, office hours. So we have partners who are available each week and anybody in the office can sign up to chat with them. I send emails every Friday and people send photos in of what working from home looks like for them. And um, we have been since March circulating emails, uh, photos, I'm sorry, every Friday of people in our office, which has been a lot of fun. So we see, we get a lot of photos of people with their kids, with their pets, the things that they see outside when they're taking walks or taking a break. And um, it's been a nice way to get to know people in a more personal way. Um, outside of the office now that we're all, you know, outside of the office all the time. We've done other kinds of office-wide events. Some of them have been um, purely social. Some of them are brainstorming things like um, our approach to racial justice. And for me, what has been kind of amazing about this has been how everybody um, has really kind of stepped up to check in on people and um, really maintain our culture of collegiality. And so how about you, Raquel, is, you know, as Don mentioned, definitely would love to hear your perspective on this, especially as somebody who is really just getting to know the San Francisco office. Um, is there a particular initiative that, you know, your office or the firm undertook that stood out to you or a particular um, experience with another, you know, OMMer that, um, that has stood out to you as you've navigated the last nine to 10 months? 
Yes. So similar to the Los Angeles office, the San Francisco office also instituted partner office hours. And initially when that email sent around that they were going to be doing this, I was like, this is going to be so weird because I don't know anyone. I knew the labor and employment group, which is about six attorneys in San Francisco. And I knew the first years and like fellow laterals. So about two other laterals were hired right before I was hired. And that was kind of like the only people that I had really been engaging with the three months before I took bar leave. And so I was like, I need to meet people. Like I need to know who's in this office and I need to get to know people. But I just, the thought of getting on a Zoom call with somebody I had never met, um, except maybe passing in the hallway once or twice um, was very disconcerting for me. But I also had to realize like, well, there's no other way to get to know your colleagues. Um, This is what you're going to have to do. And similar to Don, I thought, okay, this is what I'll do for three months. So, you know, about by mid midsummer, we'll all be back in the office and it'll be, and it'll be fine. And so I remember I had a light workload um, at the time because I was ramping up because I had just come back from bar leave. And that was kind of one of the main things I was thinking about was like, oh my God, this pandemic is hit. Work is all over the place. I don't, how am I going to meet my hours? What am I going to do? So I was like, well, the least I can do is thinking about Um, building relationships within the firm and getting to know people. And so one of the most notable ones that I can remember, one of our partners, um, Anna Pletcher in San Francisco, was one of the first partners to host office hours. And so I just like signed up and I didn't sign up. They give you they allow you to do either a one on one time slot or you can wait to like the last 15 minutes of office hours and just have an open group session with whoever comes in. And I was like, well, I'll do that because that'll be less awkward. So I joined Anna's I joined Anna's office hours and it was like only me and her. And I was like, well, there goes not being awkward. (laughs) Uh, But it actually was such a refreshing conversation. We talked about like family and our backgrounds and like her husband and kids and how she was adjusting. And I talked about, you know, how I had only at the time I had only been away from Tennessee for six months. I had never lived in another state in this country and I had never been that far away from my family and friends. And I was just talking about how I was adjusting and, you know, my plan to kind of get I live in downtown Oakland. So my plan to kind of get to know Oakland was was definitely derailed because, I mean, all I all I really could see was what was in walking distance for me. And so, um, yeah, it was just good. It was relaxing and refreshing. And it made me feel like, oh, I can do this. I can talk to, you know, these high level, awesome, notable partners. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and so I just kept doing that like every every other week until I kind of got busy and meeting different partners in different practice groups and learning about their lives and what they were doing. And I, I loved it. So Raquel, um, we do the office hours in New York as well. So I'm going to ask you to sign up for one of mine. <laughs> oh, totally. I will. I will. I think that would be really fun. Maybe one day too, Don. Maybe we can do like a inner office, like cross office. Yeah. yeah. But Raquel, that's so great to hear. And it's for me, it's been such a highlight. So it, different offices structure it differently. But I, for LA, because we're such a large office, I hold office hours every week. And then I have a different partner who also holds an office hour every week, almost every week. But I've personally held an office hour every week since from when we went into shutdown, um, except for one I missed. And um, it's been amazing just getting to talk to different people in the office and um, people that I did not have a chance to really get to know or had not worked with before. And it's been um, it's been a real highlight for me of the year. 
That's that's awesome. So our office head is Caitlin Bear in San Francisco. And I just have to say she's been the most amazing leader when it comes to checking in and making sure that everything going on with everyone at the firm, like she she has some semblance of knowledge and she's always just so empathetic um, and a great person to talk to. So I've never gone to her office hours and she doesn't necessarily hold them weekly, but I've had like personal zoom meetings with her or like phone calls. She was like, Hey, I just wanted to call and check in. And I was like, I couldn't think about, um, I wouldn't think that the the new office head of a large California office would be concerned about, you know, how I'm adjusting um, to working from home or being at a new firm. But she's like so open, so transparent, so willing to listen. I really, really appreciated that um, from a leader. Yeah, Caitlin's awesome. Yeah. Caitlin is an exemplary leader. And that's that's really great. Um, I'm not surprised that um, she's she's taking her taking the time out to do that. But that's that's really great. So Don, one more question for you on this topic. You know, you mentioned that, um, you know, that one of the things that has really stood out to you was just how people have just gone above and beyond, you know, and, and they're and they're working together and, you know, take, going above and beyond to watch out for each other. I mean, Raquel, it sounds like, you know, Caitlin was one of those people who stood out to you in that, in that regard. Is there any particular person, Don, you know, thinking through your transition in March to now in the downtown LA office that has really stood out to you as um, as somebody who's really just impressed you with their, their contributions as we've navigated this crazy year? I mean, there's so many people, right? I mean, we've got like, I mean, our, the IT people in LA yes. were heroic in terms of getting yes. people home. And, and they were doing that across the firm, not just for LA, because our, our IT is headquartered in LA, even though there are IT people in other offices too, but they they bore kind of a disproportionate burden of that. And um, so they were amazing. My office administrator, Stephanie Oach, is incredible. And I couldn't you know function without her. But also it's just, it's kind of like everybody, like there are some amazing partners like Catalina, who is always checking in and reaching out to people, Dimitri and others, but that, you know, it's also just the people every day. So, uh, and especially on the staff side, we have a, um, we have a lot of firm wide staff in the LA office and just watching people support each other, check in with each other. And sometimes I've asked, I've, I've, I've done a lot of one-on-one reach outs to folks, but I also, I can't necessarily you know, personally contact every person in the office, at least not within a short period of time. I sometimes will ask my partners to reach out to people or I'll ask, you know, staff managers to reach out to people or um, our paired associates and counsel to reach out to their paired first years just to check in. And it's just been, I've heard so many great stories of folks, exactly what you said, Raquel, which is just, you know, whether it's Caitlin as head of the office, I'm sure there's other people who've reached out to you. It's just, it's just nice to see people checking in on each other and making sure that they're doing okay. And um, cause it's been such a, it's just been such an emotionally difficult year in a lot, in so many different ways. I will tell you, Don, um, similar to how you were feeling. There were times when I would feel overwhelmed with how impressed and grateful I was for back in March and April to our IT teams, because I knew that they, it was, you know, without them and their patience, right? And as you mentioned, a lot of our teams weren't set up to work from home all the time, right? And and that that type of work that happened, you know, overnight, it almost felt like. And then as we transitioned to leading up to the summer program, just 
thinking about like the grit and like the resilience of everybody who's just kind of we're all sort of navigating this for the first time. And it's definitely the first time I've lived through a pandemic. It's the first time the firm had a virtual summer, for example. And we just all have, it seems like a blind faith in each other of like, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what a virtual summer program is going to look like, but I trust you. And I trust that and I trust the firm. And I know that all of these efforts And again, like the grit and the resilience of our teams, that's what has been just on the positive side, like the days when I feel overwhelmed in a positive way, just like this is just so incredible. So we'll say that it's been, um, yeah, to use that word again, an incredible experience. So with that, I think we can transition um, to talk about the the summer program for a little bit. I mean, the pandemic escalated in February and March is when we typically, you know, get into full summer associate program planning mode. And I think like our decision-making process related to our 2020 summer program and the actions we took around, say the training and the mentoring and the connectivity were really great examples of how the firm approached this entire year. And I would say almost the firm's decision-making process as a general matter. And I'd like to first share a little bit about maybe the bigger picture view that we took when thinking about the 2020 summer. And then hopefully Dawn and Raquel, you guys have some specific thoughts and experiences related to the 2020 program. Yeah, but I'd love to hear about the decision-making and what that must've been like, Jiho, stepping into that in March. We got feedback from our 2020 summers that they had, you know, a very rewarding and a very engaging and a really exciting summer. And I think we're able to achieve that success because, you know, as we were making these decisions, right, about, you know, the all virtual or the day-to-day, you know, assignments and what Summer Associates Day was going to hopefully look at, look like, you know, we had, we had guiding lights, you know, similar to what, you know, you did, Dawn, with the LA office. You know, we took a couple of steps back, you know, and we asked ourselves, you know, what is the purpose of the summer program? You know, what, you know, pandemic or not, or do we want to achieve with our summer program? You know, and as always, consistent with what we always try to achieve, we agreed that it was about, you know, first training and mentoring. You know, this is our first opportunity to start training our associates on what it means to practice like an involvement lawyer. You know, the, the second goal was really wanting to share our culture you know, and beginning to build those bonds um, and getting our summers integrated so that when they return as first years, they can hit the ground running, you know, and how are we going to share our our culture when we weren't going to be able to share a physical space? And then, of course, the third was, you know, the summer program is a long-term investment in in our talent. And, you know, we had to look past the challenges of 2020. You know, and if we get things right, you know, our 2020 summers are going to be with us for decades to come, right? And so those were what, you know, really guided us as we made the decisions from the smallest detail on what the summer program virtual background was going to look like, which mattered, by the way. Yeah, which, and it mattered because, you know, there are some of our associates who maybe were sharing an apartment with four other summers or, or, you know, from, from their law school and they didn't have a place to, 
you know, they didn't have the beautiful bookshelves behind them <laughs> that we've seen from so many Zoom speakers to, you know, to our decision to give all of our summer's offers before the summer program, you know, started, you know, to ease that anxiety going in what was already a very tough year for the law students. So that was where our heads were at. And it was, and it, and it, to be honest with you, in a way, having those guiding principles, you know, made it, made the day-to-day a little bit easier, I think, because we could always go back when we're trying, when we're struggling with something that maybe felt mundane, to be able to say, does this hit one of our goals? Is this in furtherance of one of our goals? So um, I'm incredibly proud and grateful of our team to cross the firm really helped execute on that. So, you know, but given these goals, right, and, you know, how I, I do think that um, our summers did say that they had a, a great summer. I'm betting, Don and Raquel, that you guys had key roles in that for our LA and San Francisco summers. Raquel, do you have a particular experience from the summer program where you either participate in a training or a mentoring opportunity or social you know, event with a summer that like really stood out to you? Absolutely. So I was fortunate enough. Um, I love recruiting. It is like what gets me up in the morning. I love thinking about bringing in like the next generation of young lawyers. And so I was asked to be on the summer committee for the San Francisco office as a social coordinator. So my job was to really focus on bringing that culture to summers through computer screens as best we could. Um, so one of, um, as, as one of the social coordinators, one of my jobs I took on was like hosting a movie trivia night. And so I got to work with one of our talent acquisition coordinators and like coming up with the questions and like the platform and like how we would run it. And it was really, really fun. Apparently my questions were really, really difficult. My partner is actually like a really big movie buff. And so I was trying to like pick his brain, like, how hard is this question? How easy? He, he said that my questions were pretty hard, but it was really entertaining because obviously in our office, there are people from, you know, all ages, backgrounds, different movie knowledge. So when you broke people off in like these random, random teams, and I, as the host, I was able to kind of like jump in different Zoom meetings with each team and kind of like tease them and joke with them and just get to know them about get to know the summers, like their thoughts on movies or if they've seen this or why hadn't they seen this and like how they played into like their personality or background. It just, it was just a really, really fun time, a fun experience. I asked, you know, summers for candid feedback. I was always kind of sending those emails or Skype messages like, was this really good? No, like we really need to know if this was good so we can do it again or never do it again or make it better. (laughs) Like be honest. And I'm like, I'm not a partner. You can tell me the truth and I'll decide if it needs to go to a partner or not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, I think that kind of helped them, but they, they all were like, no, this is totally fun. This is so awesome. And we, we had multiple events like that where summers really, really enjoyed being able to, you know, laugh and joke and get to know people. Um, but on a serious note, another thing I hosted, I am the, um, co-chair of our diversity employee network in San Francisco. And we hosted a movie discussion, um, kind of in that same movie vein, uh, on Just Mercy. And so, you know, Just Mercy was released, I think, in early January, and it was based on the book by attorney Brian Stevenson. And so we had the summers watch that movie if they hadn't seen it already or if they just wanted to watch it again, watch the movie over the weekend and come back. I think we did it um, either early in the week or midweek. And we just had, you know, an open conversation about, you know, their thoughts on the movie, their thoughts about the current criminal justice system. 
policies like the death penalty, how it impacts, you know, racial minorities. Um, and it was a very candid and open conversation. And, and, you know, people were able to really share their own thoughts, experiences and backgrounds, um, knowing that they were in like a safe space and, you know, respecting other people's opinions and thoughts about the different things going on in our world and how it both impacts us directly and indirectly. So those were kind of two of my my biggest highlights. Wow, Raquel, for for one of our associates who's been with us for such a short time, I'm super impressed and grateful for all the leadership roles you you've already taken on and obviously have a key role this summer. You know, a question for you on the movie discussion on just mercy. You know, do you have any tips or things that you considered um, when having, you know, what was sounds like a very engaging conversation, but on some pretty tough topics, especially with the, the backdrop of um, the George Floyd killing and, you know, the unrest that um, was sort of roiling the nation over the summer? Um, do you have any you know, thoughts on that? And how, how did you encourage, you know, the candid conversation? I think when having open conversations, the first thing to do, um, one of the pastors that um, I watch um, for sermons, he talks about being hot and hot stands for humble, open and transparent. And I think taking those kind of themes into every conversation and being bold and vulnerable enough to be the first person to say, you know, this is my truth and this is what I believe and putting yourself out there for other people to receive it, to ask questions um, to probe you to like share their own backgrounds is really important. And so um, as the host, I know me and as the host um, of Den hosted this event. And so Trisha and I both were very adamant that we kind of like set the ground rules. Like this is a safe space. You know, we're respecting everyone's opinions. We want everyone to share, but we're not going to force anyone to share. Um, we want you to know that, you know, your experience are valued. You as a person are valued. Your thoughts are valued. Um, and then following that up with like, these are our thoughts and these are my personal experiences and this is what has happened to me and this is how I've dealt with it. And allowing people to see that firsthand, it opened the door for them to do the same and not have that fear of not knowing how someone was going to react or being afraid that they'd be like lashed out or attacked or anything. Absolutely nothing like that happened or, or would happen at O'Melveny. Um, but I was just very impressed by how many, I think we had 12 summers in our office. I want to say almost all of them attended and every one of them spoke up like without being prompted, without kind of the Socratic myth that I wasn't cold calling people to, to share their experiences. But I think all of them openly talked about, you know, how they, this had impacted them or like things they were experiencing in their own families um, and how to have these conversations particularly as like minorities, how to have those conversations with, um, you know, friends that may not be minorities and what have you. Um, so I think it all, all starts by setting the example and um, being open and transparent and respectful. Yeah. Well, kudos, real seriously, Raquel, kudos to you and Trisha for setting that up and creating that environment. I mean, I, I agree with you, that observation that all the summers participated, um, that's, that's very telling. So Dawn, how about you? Do you have any specific um, experiences from the summer that stood out to you? I mean, I think I was just so impressed overall with both the program, GHO, that you and the rest of our folks who helped put it together, what you guys planned, and then the involvement both of um, the attorneys in our office, so folks like Raquel, our mid-levels, who are really kind of the heart of our program in terms of interacting with the summers, 
um, high involvement by partners as well. But then frankly, also just the involvement of the summers, like this must have been such a difficult um, an unusual experience for them. And um, I just found that they were all in. And I, I know how exhausting it can be to be on Zoom calls all day. And so um, I just thought they did such a great job of really like showing up and bringing it. We had a lot of different events. I mean, I, I heard about some of the social ones, like various scavenger hunts and um, I those <laughs> things are called those like mystery things where you're trying to like find your way out of the room or something. Very popular. But the things that I tended to attend were more just like mentoring circles and um, overall events to kind of get to know people. And at a lot of those, there were questions that people went around and were just talking about like, you know, what's one new thing you're doing during the pandemic. And it was amazing to hear people, people's experiences, both with like, hobbies they had taken up or a renewed interest in prior hobbies or a lot of the kind of television that people were watching. So <laughs> I thought that was a great way to connect with folks. And we actually had like, there, there was a group of folks in LA who um, had watched a, a, a show that was on Netflix called Dark that's very like complicated and convoluted. And I had just finished watching it. So we like set up a conference call to like talk about the show and the ending. And did we like the ending or not like the ending? And um, so it, it just became a different way for us to connect. But I was just very impressed with the creativity of the events that people came up with. And like I said, the fact that people just brought it 100%, which is, you know, what we do anyway. I mean, the summer, I think, is kind of like a highlight of the year for everyone because you have this like injection of like energy and enthusiasm and there's all these fun events to go to. And I, I w- it made me happy that we were able to still capture that even though we couldn't yeah. be physically in person. So you guys did a really great job, Gio. Oh, well, I, it was your team with Cara and Catalina and like you said, the associates and the partners and the, the RDMs, the whole talent development team. So yeah, yeah I was, I mean, I think we're just going back to the same principles, right? I think that we're going to have like a consistent theme in this podcast, which I'm not surprised by, but again, just being like really floored. And again, I'm not surprised that our people, including the Summers, as you mentioned, Don, really brought it and that they're the, that it's our people who are the ones who have made us smile and are like really what made, have made, you know, our summer program, you know, or like we mentioned before, like our transition to work from home, such a success, right? right. And right. I think yeah. that's like definitely becoming, I already knew it, but it, it's nice. It's interesting that that's definitely, you know, something yeah. that we've consistently talked about throughout this podcast. And, yeah. and I agree with you. Um, the summers, you know, and, you know, we can talk about this, you know, later in the podcast when we talk about recruiting too, when we think ahead to, you know, OCI um, this season, but it has been really amazing. Like the grace that people have shown each other where, yeah. um, you know, when we transitioned, we didn't really know what was coming tomorrow and people just showed patience with each other. And, and that's one of the things I definitely do remember from the summer as well. Like our summer associates came. Um, I think one of the the words in your, in your hot Ra- Raquel was open, right? And yeah. like our summer associates came completely open-minded and just open to the possibility that this could be a great summer. And Without that attitude, um, I don't think um, we would have been able to achieve the success we did. So there's definitely a shout out to our summer. All right. So there's a lot of things that we can talk about 
you know, it's been a pretty <laughs> active, you know, past nine months. But I'm wondering if we could transition then to talking about, you know, yes, we've been doing this together for nine to 10 months, you know, working remotely. Maybe we can take a little bit more of a forward looking um, perspective on this and think about, you know, how do you think these last nine to 10 months, the things that we've learned, um, how do you think that that's going to shape our future work experience, you know, recruiting, how we work with clients, how we work with each other? What do you think that the office is going to look like and what the work experience is going to look like? Yeah. So I've been thinking about that a lot um, because we've been thinking about our office space downtown and, and what, you know, how we want to configure it going forward and that sort of thing. So, so we have been thinking about these issues a lot. And I think I have a couple of thoughts. So one is what I'd say is that um, this year has been so different in so many ways, but the one thing that has not been different is what our job is, which is to do provide good client service to our clients, um, do the best, you know, practice law in the best way that we know possible and to, you know, serve our firm's values and, um, you know, kind of respect and support each other. So the way in which we do that has changed, but the, the ultimate, you know, what we're, what we're doing, the, the overarching um, idea of what we're doing has not really changed. And, and in some ways we touched on this before, but um, the only thing that's really changed in my opinion, significantly in terms of like client relationships and client work is that I feel like we're all getting a more personal view with each other. So I've talked to clients about, you know, what virtual kindergarten is like. I have a kindergartner here, and I got some tips from somebody who who had a kindergartner back in the spring. You know, I've been on the phone with people when their kids come in, when their dogs come in, when they're cooking, you know, a snack, preparing a snack for their kid because they don't have childcare and their kids are at home now when they otherwise would have been at school. So you, we've been able to see kind of real life. And so one of the things I think, and that's been true at the firm as well, right? That we've, you've seen the same things in our communications with each other, with the sharing of photos. Um, and I, I hope that some of that will continue because I think it helps draw us closer and get to know each other better. And there is an importance to being able to have a separation between work and home in terms of giving people a mental break. But I also think that there's a real benefit to people, you know, hearing me talk about like, well, now I have to go do this for my child or I have, you know, realizing what real life looks like for people. And I think that can bring it closer. So I think that is something that will continue. Um, I think that the acknowledgement that we can work from home effectively um, may change. I don't think it's going to change the fact that we're going to have an office and that uh, people will have offices and that sort of thing. But I do think it will give, um, we were already moving toward a world where people were having flexibility in terms of where they got things done. And I think that th this will push us even more in that direction as far as that kind of flexibility. And then um, for me as a litigator, the big open question in my mind is um, I used to travel a lot and I haven't traveled since March, but I've done tons of depots. We have um, people who've done virtual uh, arbitrations and trials and um, meetings now with clients that I might've flown out for before being held over Zoom. So to me, that's one of the big questions is how much of that will, will we just do remotely going forward? How about you, Ortel? Are there, there are things that are on your wish list, things that you hope that we continue to, you know, or that we learn from, from this year, we'll continue some new traditions that we, you know, instill going forward? Yeah, I think something that I love 
about being remote is just my ability to work with attorneys across office at, you know, at the drop of a dime. I think as a labor and employment attorney, I think our practice group is especially able to do that. Like already, even before the pandemic, I think people were probably working on cases with, you know, partners in DC or, or New York or, you know, SoCal. Um, and I think the pandemic just made that even more, um, feasible. Cause I know when I started, I remember the head of labor and employment in college and universities is Apollo Chopra. And I remember thinking, Oh, this seems like a very cool, like practice area. I'd like to learn more about it. But I was like, Oh, but she's in Southern California and I'm in Northern, Northern California. So I'll probably never get those cases. But then I had, I worked with her on like a, a business development, like webinar. And then I worked with her on some other matters. And she was like, no, you could totally, you know, work with me on like my colleges and universities like type of work. Just let me know what you're interested in and I'll try to, you know, find those opportunities for you. And it it only took me, you know, working with her in other matters and realizing like, oh, there is no opportunity closed off for me. I could work with her. I can work with um, another one of the partners in New York who I've started to work closely with is Jeff Cohn. And it's like I can I can do all these different things, um, even though I'm stationed in this one office. And so it's really helpful to just build relationships across the firm and learn about, you know, each office's different like quirks and learn more about different associates and counsel and partners. And I don't know if I would have been so open or, or so excited or even more proactive about seeking out opportunities outside of Northern California, if maybe it hadn't been for the, the pandemic. So I really, I'm really looking forward to continuing to build relationships with partners and, and associates and counsel in other offices. Um, now that I've already started to build those relationships, both on like normal billable matters, but also in like pro bono matters. I think there are probably only out of the 15 to 20 matters I probably had this year, I think only like maybe two or three were in Northern California. They've all been, you know, either larger teams um, on a pro, if it's a pro bono matter, like larger teams across like, you know, three or four offices or even smaller teams across like two offices. And I really, really love that as a, as an associate, again, trying to, to learn O'Melveny and still build relationships with different people in different areas. Oh, I love that. And again, Raquel, I love the initiative that you're taking. And yeah, I think that's great. Similar to what Don was saying in terms of a lot of what this pandemic has done is accelerated things that we probably, you know, for instance, Raquel, you know, working across offices is something that we highly encourage, but you're right. It takes time to transition or to take that step when you're physically in, you know, one office or as Don said, you know, we've always had the customized program where we tried to, you know, everybody always tries their best to help people manage the work-life balance. But um, without this pandemic, I think, or I think this pandemic definitely accelerated some of our openness to a lot of different, what used to be very unique arrangements. So yeah, those are, those are great learnings. Um, and before we drop, I'm just wondering, and um, either of you guys had a tip for our students as we go into virtual OCI? Or something that you would share either because it's virtual or just a tip that you would give for any um, OCI? I guess I would just say, just be yourself and um, don't let the, I mean, at this point, we're all very used to virtual, you know, Zoom calls and other, other ways, video chats. So don't let the format throw you off. And, um, you know, we'll be back to normal soon there, you know, vaccines are on the way. So, yeah, I, I would, I think my advice would be to kind of 
you know, remain calm, approach it the same way you would approach it if it was in person. And um, we get it. We know. Don't stress if you have like a, you know, a connection issue. I, I mean, we, that happens all the time. and No one's going to get upset about it. Right. So, um, the, the, I mean, I actually, <laughs> I had a ninth circuit argument. We're in the middle of the argument. The judge, one of the judges had a connection issue and we had to like stop the argument for 30 minutes in the middle. So, you know, things happen oh, sometimes. Wow. People are very under. It happens. Yeah. So, you know, it just happens and it's okay. So don't, don't stress about those kinds of things. Yeah. That's really, that's really good advice. Like we're all in this together. So yeah. Um, how about you, Raquel? Any, any last tips for our listeners? Yes, I would say do your research. And that means going beyond just Googling on Melbourne's website and clicking through our people and kind of like trying to memorize, you know, where they went to school, where they practice. I think sending that cold email or sometimes even a cold phone call, um, if, you know, that's your that's your thing. If you want to talk to someone live can be really, really informative and like people may not value informational, what I was taught are informational interviews as importantly as they should or as significantly as they should. I think you can learn so much about a a law firm or any employer just by like calling somebody and saying, hey, um, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You have 50 minutes. I can treat you to virtual coffee, you know, sending that Starbucks (laughs) gift card or or whatever, whatever you need to do to kind of like show them that you're serious about really wanting to to learn from them or learn about their experience or learn about, you know, you know, where they work. I've had law students reach out to me and, and just really say, Hey, I don't want anything. I really just want to learn about, you know, what it's like to work there and what your experience has been like. And those, those law students have stood out in my mind. And those have been the people that I, that I've talked to, you know, talent acquisition saying, I have no idea if they're going to apply, but if they do, you know, here's this name. And this is why I was impressed with this particular person, because you, it's so hard to figure out, you know, what a firm really looks like until you actually work there. Um, We can have like all the awards in the world, but no one really knows what that means. And I I remember as a lateral, um, when I first started applying to Melvany and my partner had like, of course, did his like Google search and was like, oh, my God, they won all this award. This is great. You have to work there. And I'm like, I have no idea about this place. And like, (laughs) I have no idea how true these awards are. But luckily, (laughs) they were more than true. And I've had a fantastic first year as an O'Melveny attorney. But it took me even before I interviewed, I was talking to O'Melveny Associates in Los Angeles or um, because I had friends who were in the Los Angeles office and I was like having them to tell me about people in, you know, the San Francisco office who they knew before I even got there. So I kind of had a sense of what it was like or what the differences may be between San Francisco and LA because they kind of helped me to figure out what those nuances were before I even set foot in the door and and talked to, you know, talent acquisitions and had my first interview. And so I would highly encourage people to do informational interviews, send that cold email, make that phone call. Um, People are more than happy to talk about their experiences here because by and large, from what I've seen, they've been very, very positive. Um, And every one of us at O'Melveny are very proud um, and grateful to be at this law firm. Raquel, that is the perfect way to wrap up this podcast. Um, Thanks to all of our listeners for joining us and really thank you Don and Raquel for taking the time, you know, to sit down and share your stories and your experiences. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to to see you in person or in Zoom soon. And Raquel, that also includes my next office hours in New York. Absolutely. Um, 
And for our listeners, you know, we invite you to join us again in an upcoming episode of the O'Malvany podcast. And, you know, our goal here is to help you guys, you know, get to know a little bit more about O'Malvany, not just as a summer associate, but hopefully as a long-term associate at O'Malvany. So thanks again, everybody. Thank you, Jiho. Thanks, Jiho.